0: Good friend in the back is here, and I see him. Mr. Kamai again. It is just a blessing, just a blessing. I, I do need to say this, not to put him on the spot, but if there's anything wrong with the church from where he lives, he keeps an eye on the church. For so the, just to let y'all know, if a light is on too long, he gonna know about it. He gonna let you know that something's wrong. <laughs> so don't think you are gonna come creeping up here at nighttime trying to. He he got eyes on you. So then you know. <laughs> Just letting you know, <laughs> that's right, come parking here in midnight hour, he's going to feel low. Thank you, Mr. Kamai. I appreciate it. So for those of you who have taken things, I already have you on video camera, <laughs> courtesy of Kamai and Valentine's family. No, Mr. Kamai, God bless you. <laughs> I want you to stand, please, with me as I pray. As, we, as you join me in prayer. We want to thank you today, Lord, for the privilege of the Word and for preaching the Word and for fellowship as of being able to come together as a body of Christ. While we have prayed for Sister Michelle visiting, visiting her family in, in Maryland, we do pray for a safe travel when she returns. We thank you right now for the body and those who um, are able to be away at times. For those that are traveling, those that are have that have um, various appointments, we pray that you will bless them, doctors' appointments and various things that are being looked at. We thank you for the medical advancements today, the various medications that have always been here, but you've given mankind the ability to put things together. That indeed is a blessing from the Lord. You already, had foresight, you already had planned it in, we're just now beginning to discover things that we've never known before, but God, you place it in for that, we're grateful to you. You know all things, you're all powerful, you're everywhere present at the same time. And we thank you that you are with us here and at the same time in Sacramento and Stockton and Los Angeles and to the uttermost parts of the earth. We honor you today. Now give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Give us ears to obey, ears to hear, and feet to obey the Word of God. We do give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. And I'm going to give you, um, in all of the other Gospels, the same passage. And throughout the sermon I will be making reference to some of the other passages. But let me give you, in the book of the other books of the gospel, the same story that we're going to read in Matthew 14, chapter thir- verses 13 through 21. Matthew 14, 13 through 21. And so what I'll do right now, let me give you where you can find the same story with a slightly different version in the other books. You'll find the story also in the book of Mark Chapter 6, verses 30 through 44, Luke, chapter 9, verses 10 through 17, and also the book of Saint John, chapter 6, verses 1 through 15. As I begin, I do want to just divert just briefly and say, Natalie, it's good to see you. So you come in. I asked Brother Jerry how he was doing after Sunday school, and he said he's lost. Sister Michelle's not here. He's just lost. (laughs) (laughs) He's just lost. (laughs) It's the (laughs) truth. I just, I, I know what you mean. So, so. It'll be okay, Brother Jerry, it'll be okay. Somebody touch him on the back, him. it'll be okay. <laughs> As she travels to go see her grandchildren and her son and her her stepdaughter, her daughter-in-law, rather. As I read this passage in the book of Matthew, I want you to keep in mind, and I'll say this right now, that this passage of Jesus feeding the 5000 men besides women and children this here and Jesus walking on the water right after this particular passage these two miracles are the only two miracles that are found in the book of John John has uh, let me just say this of all the miracles this these two miracles are found in all four Gospels. In the book of John, the Gospel of John, he has completely different miracles, but he does have Jesus feeding the 5,000 and Jesus walking on the water. Other than that, John has no other of the miracles that we see in the book of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. When we consider the event that we're going to be reading and studying today, it is indeed incredible and remarkable the miracles of Jesus. I think sometimes we can become too comfortable and too complacent to really um, value and look at how important the miracles are that Jesus performed. I think we say, oh, Jesus performed a miracle next. I mean, When we when we think of one miracle, something that's when the Lord has really done a miracle, something that's out of the ordinary, that where it has trans, it 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 goes against the laws of nature. When God has done that in our lives before, when He has done something, we remember that all the days of our life, we can we continue to tell people what the Lord has done. And think about this: He performed many miracles, but I think the church becomes too complacent and comfortable with not appreciating the magnificence and the, the largeness of what he's done. These are not small events. They're life-changing, transforming events that he does. And this miracle today that we will study is no different. Matthew chapter 14, beginning at verse 13. And this is what it says. Now when Jesus heard this, And I'm going to stop. Heard what? Heard last week when we said when John the Baptist had been killed. When he heard this beheaded is correct. Killed. Beheaded. Same thing occurs to the person. They're not here. When Jesus heard this he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. Actually, he's with the disciples. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and had great compassion on them and healed their sick. Now, when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, we have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. And taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve basketfuls of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about five thousand men besides women and children. The title of this message is, When Jesus Takes Matters Into His Own Hands. <laughs> when Jesus Takes Matters Into His Own Hands. Now let me give you, as I give you, get, uh, come to give you point one, let me give you a few things as we go through here. The town where Jesus withdrew with the disciple was called Bethsaida. There used to be a church in Marin City called Bethsaida, Gospel Fellowship. I remember, remember some of y'all remember the name Bethsaida, Church of God in Christ. Reverend Bullock used to be the pastor right across the street. Bethsaida, the name of this place where Jesus went was called Bethsaida. That you will find in Luke's account of this passage. In the book of John, he records that it was the Sea of Galilee where they were, and they went to the other side. And he said the other side, when you look at his writing, it was the Sea of Tiberias. John records that it was also at the time of the Passover that Jesus performed the miracle of feeding the 5,000, the time of the Jewish Passover. John also records in his accounting That Jesus asked Philip, one of his disciples, where they should buy food to feed the people. And the Bible says in John that he did this to test him. Because he already knew what he was going to do. John also records that when the word came back about how many fish they had and how many loaves, it was Andrew who brought back and gave the report. This is what we have. John also records that it was barley loaves. Barley loaves were poor people's food. Wheat is what the rich people ate. Some of y'all don't like caviar. A little bit too expensive for you. Give me some chicken. (laughs) More feeling Tastes better for me to me. <laughs> haven't had caviar anyway, so <laughs> the people, according to John it said had seen the signs that he had that Jesus was doing, and then with this miracle, they were saying even more that this man must be the Messiah. It was recorded in John they had they had been seeing the miracles and many had heard and said this. Has to be the Messiah. In Mark, he records that Jesus, upon leaving, after the miracle was done, it was Jesus who told his disciples to get into the boat and to go to the other side. Again, this miracle is recorded in all four of the Gospels. Very important. Very important. Point number one. Write this down, please. Write this down. The work before the miracle. The work before the miracle. And I will be focusing on, if you were writing it down, chapter 14 of Matthew, verses 13 and 14. The Bible says in Mark that Jesus began to teach and to do many things. He began to teach the people when he landed. Now let's set the scene here as we go through this. If you remember, John the Baptist had been telling... Herod Antipas that it was wrong for him to have his brother Philip's wife and then as a result of this Philip's wife Herodias didn't like John and what he had to say. Herod was upset as well and John the Baptist was put into prison and if you recall last week it was the person by the name of Josephus, the, histor- the Jewish historian, who gave the information that Herodias' daughter's name was Salome, and she danced before the king and pleased him and his guests, that he said, I will give you anything up to half of my kingdom. And because the mother had been trying to get John and wanting him out the way, this became her opportunity. So Solomon ran to her mother and says, what should I ask for? And she said, I want the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And Herod was sorry with this here. It sobered him up quickly if, if he had been drinking. And so here comes the head of John the Baptist and is presented to and She took it to her mom. Now the Bible says it was after Jesus heard this that he left the place. Now John and Jesus were relatives. Jesus had also had given the disciples in the other Gospels power to go out and minister. He had sent them out two by two to go minister, and they had now come back. These events have occurred around the same time, and they're coming back to give Jesus the report and to come back to let him know what's happening. And the Bible says that Jesus says, let's go to the other side. Now, you have to understand that Jesus would have been grieving over John, the fact they were relatives, and then how he was killed, and the disciples, having been tired from more than likely their work, they went to the other side to rest. They needed rest. Rest can be a good thing. Rest can be a wonderful thing. Sometimes you fall off to sleep and don't even know you fell asleep. You wake up and say, Oh my goodness, I've been here for 90 minutes. But rest is a good thing. And so the Lord said, Let's go to the other side so that we can rest. Now, the people, upon hearing, or rather seeing what was happening, the Bible says they saw them and they said, Oh, this is where they go. And they went there on foot. Now, I'm glad that Jesus went on by the boat because you see if Jesus had not gone by boat he would have had people right there walking along with him he had to get away but you will find throughout Jesus's ministry almost wherever he went he was met there by the crowds and i have been fa- it has been fascinating to me as i've been you know studying and looking at the passages in our studies and in during the bible studies i've been looking and seeing that Jesus never turned the crowd away. He would sometimes tell the disciples, Come on, Lord, the people are waiting. He says, Let's go to another place. We've got to go minister over there. And he oftentimes had to go to solitude places in order to find rest and to spend time with the Lord. Some of y'all need to spend some quiet time with the Lord. I I told you all this. I oftentimes say that there are times when You've got the music on. You just need to turn it off and spend that time with the Lord. I just can't be quiet. I just always need to have some type of noise going on. My mind is just constantly running. I need music, something on. Get up in the morning, radio on, need something. Going downstairs, got your headset on, got the music just going. Get in the car, got the radio, got to turn the radio, got my music going on on the radio. Get to the office, got, oh, got, got my, my, my computer, got to turn the music on, on my computer, get the speakers on. Is there any quiet time? Any time where you just say, Lord, just you and me finally, where I can now hear the voice of the Lord away from all the distractions. Told you that he find his own little unique place to go. That would be the bathroom. Ain't nobody going in there after him. You too. That would be his getaway. Spend time. And so you've got to find your own quiet time. Jesus was always telling his disciples, let's go to another place. And then he would have to pull them aside. And then even when he would leave, he would find Jesus leaving his disciples to go off by himself to a place to spend time with his father. So the Bible says they chose a desolate place. This really speaks of a place of solitude. Not that it was a desert place where nothing was there because where they went, the Bible says it was green grass all over. But it was a place where it was a place of solitude. This would allow them to rest. This would allow Jesus to be able to hear his disciples and to begin to teach and work with them because he was always in the business of working with his disciples. And this is the event, and this is what's happening when he hears about John, goes to the other side, the people see, and they now follow him. And by time he lands there, in some accounts it says the people were waiting for him. In another account it says he was up on the mountain and the people came to him. But the good thing we need to note is that people wanted to be where Jesus was. Even though many of them may have had motives because they said he heals people. See, it's good when you, when you can get your needs met from the Lord and you want to be with him. It's a problem when you only want to come to the Lord when you got a need. Some people come to the Lord only when they got a blessing. They need a blessing and they need something from the Lord. I, I, I need something from it. I need you to help me right now. So they seek the Lord because I need something. And as soon as everything goes okay, it seems to be going better, say, Lord, until next time, I'll see you in ten years. But the time for rest actually turned into a time of work. The purpose, the purpose of them going to rest it was not going to be an indefinite rest it was going to be a time to go get refreshed and to begin to work and do what they have been called to do I am convinced that people are not sure what they're supposed to do and so they are in a perpetual state of rest there are some people who need rest from their rest there are some people who need a nap after they rest they rest and they can't seem to get awake. There are some people, Brother Larry, I remember my brother, Brother Larry. we come down from, for noon prayer. we come down for noon prayer. Brother Larry come in and he would tell me, how you doing, how you doing, Brother? I asked him, how you doing? He said, I'm doing good. but I'm tired. He said, I got up out of bed, got up late, went and sat on my couch and put my head back and went on back to sleep. Just got up. I said, that's what happens sometimes when you retire. <laughs> But rest should be for the purpose of allowing you to recuperate in order so that you can go back out and do what the Lord has told you to do. So even though John the Baptist has now been killed and the Lord is going to rest, there is a need and the Bible says he began to teach and preach to the people and to heal them, you'll find in the other gospels. The people come to him because there's a need and you don't find Jesus shooing them away. It would be a terrible thing if the Lord sent you away. He said, this is not a convenient time. Here you come calling me at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm busy right now. The Lord will always meet your needs. It makes no difference what time it is. There are times when it's early in the morning. Sometimes when you can't sleep. It may be the Lord's just way of saying, I, I need to spend some time with you. It's just his way of being able to say, "Come on over." See, so don't 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 get upset sometimes when you can't sleep. More you look at the clock, the more angry you get. Four o'clock in the morning, ain't been asleep. Yeah, gotta get up in three hours. Ugh. You ain't going to sleep. They ain't been all angry and mad. Gotta relax. Well, Lord, four o'clock. Something you want to say to me? Let me get my word. Some of y'all stop looking for this. Some some. Surreal word from the Lord. Look at your Bible. Oh God, speak to me. Give me a word in my ear. Give you a word in your ear. Pick up your Bible next to the bed and start reading it. Well, the Lord is speaking to me. And then it contradicted everything in the word of God. The Lord ain't spoke to you. Not when it contradicts his word. You pick up the word of God, began to read, and say, ah. Oh, Yeah, Lord, I hear this is speaking to my situation. Never heard so many people today getting a word from the Lord and never pick up their Bible. Tell you, I'm scared of people like that. Oh, brother, I I got a word for you. Open your eyes. You got a word for me. Make sure you got enough sleep. (laughs) Help us, Lord. (laughs) So Jesus ministers to the people that are there because there is a need. And so he is working, even though he goes to rest, he cannot rest because he realized the Bible says that they were just like sheep without. A shepherd. You see, the Lord said, the Bible says in the other Gospels that the Lord had compassion on them. He had pity on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. You know, sheep, sheep, sheep. Sheep can get entangled in all types of things and they have to be taken care of. They can get injured, they can follow the other sheep right into danger. And so the Lord, recognizing that they are sheep as if without a shepherd, and so the Bible says he had compassion, and he began to teach them. And not only teach, he began to heal them as well. He's working before the miracle, even though he's going there to rest. You see, Jesus is not bothered when you come to him. Some of you think that Jesus has got to be bothered because this is the 50th time you went to him with the same thing. When the Lord says, my grace is sufficient, it's sufficient even for that very thing that you keep going to him year in and year out for. But it's a time when it should be, okay, Lord, I am done with this. Thank God you help me, but you still have to watch and pray. So Jesus and his disciples are working even though it is a time of rest that's needed, the rest has to come at a different time because right now the people need a touch and they need a word. You see, whenever you need a word from the Lord, sometimes you say, do you just have two minutes? I sometimes get called, do you you just have a few minutes? Well, I'm right. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. What's going on? And sometimes that need right then that the person has is enough in order to give them what they need so that they can carry on. But if your life is always one that is a life of crisis, every situation is a crisis, that can be an issue and a problem. Every event is a crisis. Driving down the street is a crisis. Going into the house is a crisis. Going to the bathroom is a crisis. Your life is a crisis. It doesn't have to be that way. We need to take our rest in the Lord. Every decision doesn't have to be a crisis. Every situation doesn't have to be. The Lord has, sees rather, this need from the people and he decides to work before the miracle. Point two, the need at the close of the day. The need at the close of the day. That would be Matthew 14, 15, and 16. The disciples have come and now they try to instruct Jesus on what they feel is a good um, solution for the people. And they tell him this is not good right now That the people are still here Time to send them home. Send them away so that they can go get something to eat and find rest. It's interesting. It's an interesting matter when the creator of the universe is instructed on how he should carry out what is perceived to be a problem by those He has created and now chosen to be his disciple. It's a problem when the created tell the creator how to run the universe. It's a problem when the created tell the creator that we've got a problem and Lord, this is what you need to do to solve it. And this is what the disciples do. They come to Jesus and they tell him, here's a problem, this is what you need to do. Aren't you glad that God just goes, Away with your information. Listen to me. I'm not listening to you. Jesus does the very opposite of what they say. The things they come. And let's take a look at this. They come and say, Lord, it's getting late. It's getting late. Jesus knew it was getting late. Jesus, oh, fellas, I didn't know. Thank you for telling me that it was getting late. I just wonder if the disciples were even upset. That they didn't get a chance to rest. People coming over here. Trying to find a time to rest. What they doing here? I want to rest. What they coming at this time for? Came to the other side. Going back home, y'all. No. You never find Jesus sending them back. But you do find the disciples sending the people away. You find at least three times when the disciples, on three different occasions, try to send the people away. people away. One. He tried to send the, the Syrophoenician woman away who came to Jesus who had a need for her daughter. She came to Jesus because her daughter was possessed and she needed a she needed her daughter to be delivered. Disciples, what are you doing here? Get on out of here. Leave the master alone. The second is when the children came to Jesus. Hi, Jesus. Get out of here, little kids. And the third is here. Okay, Lord, time to send them on out of here. It's time for us to get some rest. The Lord said to them, they don't need to go anywhere. That's the first thing that you need to know. The Lord, before he said, feed them, he says, they don't need to leave. Aren't you glad God don't send you away? You come to him to want to confess, oh God, I need to confess my sins. I ain't got time right now. I'm dealing with some other things across the country. Come back at a more convenient time. That's not what God does. In your time of distress, aren't you glad God don't put you on hold? I call some businesses, even before they hardly say hello, can you hold? And I'm about to go, "Uh, click. Yeah, I guess so. They want to know if you can hold. And they tell you, can you hold? And they don't even sometimes wait for your answer. Aren't you glad God doesn't do that? He doesn't put you on hold. When you come to the Lord, say, yeah, w- w- what does my child need? Awesome. So the disciples come to him saying, send them away. He says, they don't need to go. So when we find the disciples trying to send them away, and the Lord says, they can stay right here at this place at this time. What we see is that Jesus rejects their instruction. He rejects. Their advice. But he corrects what they need to do and tells them they don't need to go. Send them away? No, they can stay. Send them away so they can go get food? No, they can stay and you feed them is what he says. You give them something to eat. And I can imagine they looked around and says, With what? Now, you've got to look at the other accounts to see what, what, what's happening here. You see, Jesus had already kind of set up and these people are coming. What? How are we going to feed these people? He says this to Philip. But you will discover that the Jesus sent the disciples out on an errand. You will discover that the Lord sends them out on an errand, and, and, and it presents a problem for them. Now get me now. Go find out what we have. Go find out what's there. You got to make an inventory sometimes of your life of Lord. This is what I have. This is what this is what's here. He sends the disciples out. Now get this. There are 5,000 counted men. They often didn't count the number of women and children. 5,000 men besides women and children. It is estimated that 10, 15 could be up to 20,000 people may have been there but let's just say at least 10,000 people remember it's around the time of the Jewish Passover now if i'm if if, if i'm thinking this that many people had come from a long distance they're on their way to have come to Jerusalem on their way to Jerusalem and they see Jesus and they now want to go because they many have been hearing of him and so They have come, and some of them could not go back home. They live too far away. And so Jesus says they don't have to go feed them. So the disciples are sent to go investigate to see what's there. Understand the serious, not sympathy, crisis here. In all of their going and checking, they come to discover that there is a little boy who has two fish, and five barley loaves, small loaves, that his mama more than likely made for him that day. Get this. That little boy's lunch was all the food that was in that place at that time, that day. That's it. All these people come following Jesus ain't brought nothing to eat. Now I tell you. You can say all you want. You can take two little fish and the five loaves and go to the modular. Everybody ain't going to get something that day. (laughs) Potluck, one person, everybody ain't getting something that day. (laughs) But Jesus told them to find out. And can you imagine as they're going back and they gather at Jesus, Jesus. We found a little boy with two fish. And five barley loaves, that's for poor people. That's what they ate. Five barley loaves. Look at Jesus, can you believe this? Now, when Jesus said, You feed them, they're looking at, man, even if we had 200 denarii, if we had all the money we had, even if we had a half year's wages, what is that among so many people? We couldn't even feed all of them if we had that much. You see, a denarius. A denarius was the equivalent to one day's wage, one day's pay. Even if we had 200 denarius, it wouldn't be enough for this crowd. Get the setup. Get the setup. 10, 15,000 people on the low end, let's say. And now the disciples are challenged even further. He says, we have nothing, because that really would be nothing Based on the crowd that you have there. What do you have? We ain't got nothing. Not enough. Nothing. Lord, we found it, but that, that, don't we, ain't, we can't even count that. And they asked this little boy, little boy, can we have your lunch? <laughs> Jesus needs it. Now that had to be something. The little boy gave them his lunch. Little kid, little lad. That's how, what it's, a little boy gave them his, his lunch here. I don't know what the other people around it what, the, what they don't take another boy's lunch. They might have been thinking that you got to think of thing going through people's mind. And the Lord says and told them bring it to me. Hmm. Bring it to me. There's sometimes when you don't have enough money and you say what am I going to do? And the Lord just says bring it to me. Trust me. Be faithful to me. Lord, I don't say how I'm going to pay all of my bills. Put me first and watch and see what I'll do. Bring it to me. And the Bible then says that they brought it to Jesus. Point number three, I'm going to soon be out of here. Little becomes much in the hands of Jesus. Little becomes much in the hands of Jesus. That would be Matthew 14, 18 through, 20 through 21. Everything that the disciples had said to Jesus, everything the disciples said and thought was the exact opposite, as I said, which of what Jesus did. It's the opposite of what not only what he said, but it's also the opposite of what he did. When he tells them, he told them, go bring it to me. Bring me what you have. Do you not know that Jesus is not asking you for what you don't have? Stop telling me what you don't have. This is a, this is what I have. The Lord says, bring me what you have. Some people say, I don't have this. I don't understand this. I can't. I don't have anything. You do. What do you have? People live in a state of poverty in their thinking. They don't live in the sense of, my goodness, this is what I have. This is all I have, but this is what I have. Many people that come to this country, that come from over the years, they, you, they will tell you stories. I built my business and I only had $100 in my pocket. I built my business, I only had $10. Whatever the case may be, you will hear story after story of how little they had. But they took what they had and put it to work. What many people do in the church today, they say, I don't have anything. And what they do, they go bury their treasure. And then when Jesus comes back, they're going to expect to go dig it up and bring it to him. The Lord says, take what the person has and give it to the person who has more. Stop saying what you don't have and put to work what you do have. Stop complaining to what you don't understand and put to practice what you do have. If you learn one or two things, God bless you, you've learned one or two things. Think about this. If you learn just a couple of things a month, think about it. The end of the year, times that, t- 12 times, you know, two. I've learned that much more. Think about it. Let's, what if you learn two things even in a day? Then multiply that out. 365. You, you've learned a lot. If you, if you took a letter when you were beginning to read and said, I only know this letter. But over time, you began to put those together and you learned how to read. Little becomes much in the Master's hand. Take what you have and put it to use. The disciples only see problems. Even after Jesus' teaching and the miracles, they only see problems. They don't know that they're with the solution. They're with the solution. They had also experienced that day Jesus' healing power. And they say, We don't have anything. So the Lord tells them to sit down. Now you look in the Bible in the gospels and you'll find that the Lord said to them to sit down in groups of fifty and one hundred. The Lord does things in an organized way. Why did he tell them to sit down in groups of 50 or 100? Why? It's because when they began to sit down, it would be done in order. There had to be order. You know how people can get witness when they stand standing in line? Book bumping? Chinese knock you out the way? somebody cut? What you doing cutting? Ho had them to sit down and gave the disciples the instruction. Now when the Lord told them to sit down, he took the bread, he took the fish, and he blessed it. And the Bible says he began to break and gave to the disciples. Now, can you imagine this? As he breaks, as he prays and breaks the food and takes the disciples, they come and they serve those in the group, come back to Jesus, and there's more. So, oh, my goodness. Takes to the next group, and they come back. Can you imagine how their faith is starting to be, Odom, as they are seeing what Jesus has done As the time goes on, their faith is building more and more and more to the point when they come back, they're not saying, is it going to be enough now? They're coming back. Lord, we need a little bit more. And he hands them, and the Bible says they all ate and were satisfied. They weren't living. I'm still hungry. The Bible says they ate and they ate until they were filled as much as they wanted. Get this, two fish, five loaves of bread, brought to Jesus, feeds over 10,000 people. Aren't you glad God doesn't listen to your advice when you tell him it just can't be done? Aren't you glad? You'll discover, you'll discover that when Jesus brings, tells the disciples to take the food. You got to imagine that the little boy who had the lunch had to probably be thinking that was my lunch that Jesus <laughs> that Jesus took. <laughs> that, was, that was my lunch. <laughs> that was my fish I was eating right there. And the Bible describes that when they got done he then told the disciples you now go pick up the remainder. Then tell the people that at that time he told the disciples Go pick up. The Lord is helping the disciples as well. He's, he's helping them. He's helping them. He's helping them. When the disciples picked up the food, no, you need to understand, it's not talking about the scraps that people had eaten off of. It was the abundance that the Lord had taken that they were serving that had not been eaten. It was that which was left over. And it deals with waste. Stop throwing your meals in the garbage just because it's the next day. I don't eat leftovers. Freeze it. Some people, I throw a whole thing in the garbage. I don't like that because it already was the day before. If it ain't spoiled, eat your fill. Now, you may not be able to eat all of it, but please. So the Lord is teaching an example of not wasting By telling the disciples to go pick up the remainder. remainder. And you will also note that the Bible says there were 12 basketfuls. There were 12 disciples. Now after the people ate, y'all get to eat too. And the Lord supplies the needs of the people. And what I don't have time right now to go into, and we'll look at this next time, is that the Lord told them, to get into the boat, and to go to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And we're going to look at a twist in this next time. There's a twist in this. I will end scene one, episode three. We'll pick up scene two, episode four next week. (laughs) But let me say this in conclusion. Jesus has to take matters into his own hands. Little does really, it really becomes much in the master's hand. And no matter how much you think you know, Jesus does not need to be told what he needs to do. What we need to understand is is that when Jesus gives the command, we just need to say, Lord, I am willing and I'm willing to obey. Some of us need to be challenged beyond our comfort zone and how we live. Some people live too comfortably. Not willing to take risk in trusting the Lord. You see, walking with God, it, it, it's, it's a risk. It's a, it's a challenge. It forces you to trust God. Lord, how am I going to get out of this? I don't see no way out. And then when you just say it can't get worse, it gets worse. Because when they, let me say this, when they went to go take inventory, they came back and said, there's only one little boy that got a little bit. One. all is one, Lord. Bring it to me. We need to take to the Lord what we have. What we have. And how incredible would it be if we would learn to live and trusting God with what he has given us and given it back to him. We need to learn how to just give back to God so that he can multiply and meet the need. Now get this. It took this one boy's lunch, and he fed the multitude. What would God do in your life when you began to obey him and do what he says and how you will be a blessing to other people? How incredible would that be that your, your testimony, what God is doing in your life, is a blessing to others. Bow your heads if you would. Lord, we thank you today for the wonderful, wonderful privilege of being able to share the word of God and your word, which is life. How you have opened, my God, the doors and you have opened the, the hearts of the people. You gave them not only spiritual food, but then you fed them Physically. You didn't send them away, Lord, but you told them after they were fed spiritually that they could be fed physically. We thank you right now that you have provided in this world the food that we need. You allow the food to grow. We can't even make it grow. You do that. You supply. Help us to learn and help us to be able to trust you completely without fear, without fail. You are awesome. You have shown yourself and proven yourself over and over again. We love you. We give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Amen.